Chapter Eight of Life of Luther. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shia Arrowsmith. Life of Luther, by Gustav A. Just. Chapter Eight, Luther in the Cloister. One. Entrance into the cloister. Luther erroneously felt himself bound in conscience to keep his vow, and therefore, on July fifteenth, fifteen o five, once more invited his intimate friends to meet him in order to bid them farewell. They passed the time with song and instrumental music, as Luther seemed to be happy and in the best of spirits. No one dreamed of what was passing in his soul. But before his friends parted from him, he informed them of his intention. At first, they thought he was joking and laughed at him. But when Luther once more solemnly declared, "Today you see me, and never again," they urgently besought him to give up his resolution. All their endeavors, however, were in vain. Luther remained firm. On the evening of the seventeenth of July, therefore. They weepingly escorted him to the gate of the Augustinian cloister, within whose dark walls Luther now sought rest and peace for his soul. When his father was subsequently asked to give his consent, he became very indignant that his son had entered the cloister. On a later occasion, when Hans Luther paid his son a visit at Alford. And those about him praised his present monastic state. The father said, "God grant that it may not be a deception and satanic illusion." Why have you not heard that parents should be obeyed, and that nothing should be undertaken without their knowledge and advice? After some time, however, he was somewhat pacified by his friends and said, "Let it pass, God." Grant that good may come of it. Two, disappointments in the cloister. Luther was scrupulously exact in the performance of every work and penance prescribed by the cloister. He acted as doorkeeper, set the clock, swept the church, and yes, he was even compelled to remove the human filth. The greatest hardship for him, however. Was to travel the streets of the city with a bag, begging for alms. The monks told him, "It is begging, not studying, that enriches the cloister." And yet Luther found time for diligent study of the Bible. He learned to know the page and exact place of every verse of the Scriptures, and he even committed to memory many passages from the prophets. Although he did not understand them at that time, the prior of the cloister, Doctor John Storpitz, came to love him, released him from manual labors, and encouraged him to continue in the diligent study of holy scriptures. Others thought different and said to Luther, "Why, brother Martin, what is the Bible? You ought to read the old fathers; they have extracted the substance of truth from the Bible." The Bible causes all disturbances. 
thus luther soon learned that the piety of most monks was nothing but pretense in later years he wrote the monks are a lazy idle people the greatest vanity is found in the cloisters they are servants of their bellies and filthy swine but if others sought carnal lust in the cloister luther led a most rigid and holy life in the simplicity of his heart he sincerely worshipped the pope he regarded hughes as a terrible heretic and he considered the very thought of him a great sin and yet he could not resist the temptation to read this heretic sermons he confessed i really found so much in them that i was filled with consternation at the thought that such a man had been burned at a stake who could quote the scriptures with so much faith and power but because his name was held in such horrible execration i closed the book and went away with a wounded heart in fifteen o seven luther was ordained to the priesthood which made him very happy for he supposed that now as a priest he could please god with greater and more glorious works so thoroughly was luther enslaved in the bondage of popery who could break these fetters by his own works luther endeavoured to gain the grace of god day and night he tortured and tormented himself with fasting and prayers with singing and studying hard bedding freezing and vigils with groanings and weepings he wanted to take heaven by storm he could afterward truthfully say it is true i was a pious monk and if ever a monk could have gained heaven by his monkery i would have gained it if it had lasted any longer i would have tortured myself to death with vigils prayers readings and other works the peace of his soul however which he had not found in the world he found just as little in the cloister with all his works later on he describes his condition at that time in the following words her man and the devil were in our hearts and nothing but fear trembling horror and disquiet tortured us day and night three luther finds comfort storpit one day found luther in great distress of spirit and said to him ah you do not know how solitary and necessary such trials are for you without them nothing good would become of you for god does not send them to you in vain you will see that he will use you for great things and another time luther complained oh my sin my sin my sin when storpis told him christ is the forgiveness for real things he is a real saviour and you are a real sinner god has sent his own son and delivered him up for us when because of great anxiety for his sins he became sick an old friar comforted him with these words i believe in the forgiveness of sin and explained these words to mean it is not enough that you believe god forgives sins in general for the devils also believe that you must believe that your sins your sins your sins are forgiven 
for man is justified by grace through faith. So, even at that time, a ray of light fell into Luther's soul, benighted with the darkness of popery, and from this time on, his favourite passage remained Romans 3.28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. End of chapter 8 Recording by Cheyenne Arrowsmith